Hey everyone, welcome back to View from the Mount, where we talk about real life issues through a biblical lens. I'm Matt, I'm here with Jason as always, and today we are going to talk about a subject that we have entitled, When to Leave a Church. Yes, and Matt, we are back. We are back. It's good to be back doing this. Yeah, we apologize for the delay. We got kind of busy around the holidays, but we're going to we're gonna get back into it today. Yeah, and- I love our, I really do love the topic, When to Leave a Church. Part of the reason why is because as leaders in the church, we've seen and experienced lots of times where somebody's left for one reason or another, and either it's frustrating or discouraging or both. And so as we try to ponder, like, really, like when you're a member of a local church, when is a good reason for you to leave that church and go somewhere else? Yeah. And I I think people have a lot of reasons for doing that. But the question is, are they good reasons I think there are, you know, some valid reasons to do this, and we'll talk about that. But yeah. I think we might start with maybe eliminating. Okay, so what are some reasons not to leave? Right. The church? Well, well, first, the whole idea is stems. It's a, could you imagine this isn't addressed in the scriptures because it just wouldn't have been dealt with. It, they didn't have options to leave a church, right? Nor did they have the consumer mentality. It was the church at Corinth. You know, there wasn't ten of them, right? And so we live in a very consumer-driven culture. Like it's you know Burger King right? My way, right away. And so how does that seep into church expectations? Well, I mean, a lot of people view their church experience with what am I getting out of this? You know, am I being fed? Am I connecting with this? Do I feel a certain way afterwards? You know, do I have a hundred friends or do I feel this way or do I feel that way? I think that's a good place to focus is the difference between when we come to church, I mean, to assembly, are, are we going with the expectation of what do I get or what do I give? Because the overwhelming weight in scripture is that worship is not about getting something out. Right. It's about giving something. Yeah. And, and we give to God when we worship him, we, we give him glory, we give him praise, but we also give to the body, right? We encourage people. We pray right. for people. We give of our offerings to support the work right. of the kingdom. Don't give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encourage right. one another. And so when we're when we're thinking about, you know, do I should I leave this congregation for another? I think you have to shift away from what am I getting here versus what will I get there and start to think about will I hurt the body by leaving right. here? Am I going to leave a hole, you know, and 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 if you're not going to leave any discernible uh, gap when you leave, that's a whole other problem. Well, and if you are going to leave a gap, it should be a problem, right? A concern, you know. So, it, and, and maybe, uh, and, and I think we should bring this up a little bit later in the flow of this conversation. Is the the question should not be what can I get better somewhere else? Yeah, it's it, it might be what can I? Is there a way I can give better, right? Or be more effective in my service? Uh, and that might be a question that we'd have to answer. So. So many churches have this play into this. So it's it's very very kind of like in the late 90s, the seeker-friendly movement really emerged where churches mm-hmm. were all about, let's gear our services uh, all towards what uh, an unbeliever might find appealing. Now, it's, we're not against, I'm not against having a service that an unbeliever is going to come into and enjoy the service. Right. The alternative to this is not putting on crappy church services. No. Right. And and there are things that we do, you know, just like instituting maybe a kid check program, certain things that we do as a church that people want to see when they come to a church. And and, and it's not a doctrinal thing. It's not a religion thing. Right. It's it's But it is something that matters to people and, and it speaks, when they're selecting right? a, a church. Yep. It, 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 it's our way. Like one of the things, you know, Matt mentioned kid check program. And one of the reasons why we have that, 
multiple reasons why. Right. It, it's not necessarily does it really keep our kids safe. I think it might, but it's does it give somebody that's coming in for the first time the sense that their kids are cared for, protected, that we've gone an extra yeah, step. That we're doing so what that, we can. that absolutely that's there, there's an optics to that. But in terms of our substance as a church, uh, you know, what are we preaching about? What are the topics we choose to address? Uh, what do we tolerate in the body? Those yeah. sorts of things. Are we are we silent on issues that we are afraid would drive somebody away? And so, you know, as a church approaching it that way, I think we are creating a part of this problem. And and I've heard people say numerous times, you know, Francis Chan has mentioned it, uh whatever you bring them in on, that's what you've got to keep them with. Right. Right. If you bring them in on entertainment, you have to entertain them yeah. to keep them. So, well, and so there's we've heard that, people here all the time, you know, I, I didn't get anything out of it. Right. Right. Like the, the, and they mean the music, right. Uh, the preaching, uh, the fellowship, I didn't get anything out of it. And, and there might be things that we'd have to consider when someone says that. Right. Right. Are we, are we doing a good job with our service? Is it pointing to Jesus? Is the sermon good, well put together, well delivered? Those are fair questions. Sure. But a lot of times when someone says, I got nothing out of it, the problem is not always in the what's done on the stage. The problem right. sometimes what's going on in the pew. Yeah. And, and I think part of that is that very attitude. What am I getting out of this? You know, when when you you mentioned the music, well, when we're, we're worshiping God, that's about giving something to God. We're giving Him right, honor. He's the audience. We're, we're praising Him. He is the audience, right? It's not for you. And and I know you know different people have said that. Well, I don't like the songs. Well, you weren't the audience of but this. It, of now this it event. doesn't mean that we don't do a good job, right? And it doesn't mean that we don't aren't concerned about you know what the congregation sure. likes to sing. And, and, and at some point, you know, if if most people hate the worship service every week, you got to address that. You do. I, you know, I'm, I, so I'm not discounting any of that stuff, but we're kind of talking on an individual level. People have their th little things that they will nitpick about. And sometimes that becomes such a problem for them that they'll leave. So, so, so the question, Matt, for me is this, does placing your membership at a church, at a local congregation, does it create a sense of longevity long-suffering, forbearance, endurance, does it get, create that? Or do we just pluck that whenever things don't go our way? Do we? Because I've seen this. I've seen members who have leveraged their membership. I'm, you're, I'm not getting what I want. I'm yeah. going to leave. If you don't do this, I'm going to go somewhere else. If you don't do this, I'm going to switch, go down the road. Yeah. Yeah, we see that. And I think it should, when you place your membership, it should create in you a commitment there. Where you've you know you've committed to this church, you've you've submitted to this leadership, you have now an obligation to this body. You're a part of that body. Right. You can't just lob off a part of the body. And but it's so easy just to go somewhere else now. It, it is easy. We've and made it easy, but we've it made shouldn't it easy. Be. We made it easy, and and to be fair, we've had plenty of people come from other congregations. Mm -hmm. uh, they've been mad about something, upset about something, didn't like something. Right. Uh, and and it's a difficult place to put ourselves in. Well, and I know, uh, I know we talked a little bit earlier before we started recording the show about, you know, selecting a church, you would look for certain things yeah. when you select a church. And I think we ought to be prudent when we select a church in choosing the kind of church that the Bible outlines that we ought to belong to. But once you've joined the church, if, if they're not violating one of these important things that we're going to talk about later in the show, right. there are things you ought to forbear. We kind of compared it to a marriage and, and, right. and, you know, in a society where marriage is, this thing you get into until you're tired of it and jump ship. How can we be surprised that people treat their church membership the same wow, way? That's right. And, and so I think what Matt's alluding to is there might be a different mentality and you move to a new area 
yeah. you're seeking out a church right. versus you are a member of a church, a, a local church, and then something glitzier, is glitzier a word? It should be. Something new emerges, right? There's some new church that comes and they got all the bells and whistles. Uh, do you, do you leave? It'd be, it'd be like, you know, use the marriage analogy. You're married to this girl and she's wonderful, but then somebody prettier comes along. Yeah. Somebody that, that, that catches your eye comes along. There's always going to be that. There's something else that emerges that's hipper. So no. I think we're talking about some of these minor things that people will get upset about and they'll leave the church just for something better. Yeah. Uh, what are some other reasons why maybe we, it's not a good reason, okay. but so, people leave the church over it. One, one of the things, you know, as we started talking about this a little bit, I've never been on the other side. Yeah. I've never been just a church member. Now you have, but I haven't. I've never been just sitting in a pew as a member of a church looking. I've always been the preacher at a church. Uh, so admittedly, my perspective is different and maybe sensitive, protective, defensive of, of, of that. You know, I don't want people to leave the church. So I, I don't know what it's like. And if you're someone listening and you're like, yeah, but I don't understand fully. Yeah. But I but but I hope that at least what I'm saying, Matt will have a different perspective, will at least give you insight on the other side. Uh, you know, what what are the church leaders thinking? And uh but but here's things I've heard. One of the things that's become, and this is new, relatively new, the biggest thing is is the music, right? I you know, I don't like the music there, the style. So I'm gonna go somewhere else. And anytime we've switched, changed, or altered that, we've had people we've had just because we we have switched gears a little bit in the past few years, hiring Matt to lead our worship, we've always been a blend, but we've probably had a a, a lean contemporary. Yeah. Uh, now we've had people leave uh, and go somewhere else uh, because they don't like that. Right, and that's that's not really probably a good reason to leave a, a church, right? I mean, it, it's a style thing, but and and like we've already sort of said, well, you're not the audience of that, so. Coming in from the other end of it, you know, for the first however many years that I attended church, stylistically, I can't tell you that I really loved a lot of the music, these older hymns that we would sing. To me, that, I mean, you would not catch me driving down the road in my car, pumping old hymns on my right. car stereo. It wasn't stylistically my choice of music, but it never occurred to me to get up and leave over that or to be yeah. upset about and, it. And, and the odd thing is, you know, I, I don't know, you, you probably know. How many minutes, what percentage of our church service the song section is? But right. it's small. It's small. You know, and, and so um, I give this little nugget. When someone tells me they're leaving a church and they say, well, I'm leaving because I don't like the music around. I don't believe for five seconds that most of the time the reason someone gives is the real reason. Yeah, that's probably true. Uh, there's deeper things there. Uh, sometimes it, Sometimes it's immaturity. Sometimes it's a bad decision. Sometimes it's lots of other things. But... Reasons are seldom reasons. And in, in, in psychology, they will tell you, you know, you go to a counselor and they understand that the presenting problem is very rarely the underlying problem. Right. I think that's true with people leaving church. But, you know, and so with, with music, say you're a member of a church and the, and the church shifts style. Mm -hmm. You're a member there. Part of membership in any community is forbearance yeah. and, and grace and and dealing with things that you don't always like. Right. And, and you know, the thing people sometimes don't consider, you know, I just mentioned growing up, I didn't always like all of the music. And, and even now that I'm kind of choosing the music, I'm trying to keep a mixture of things so that everyone has something that they like. 
Um, even though we're not the audience, I'm, I'm trying to accommodate that. What people don't realize is that sometimes now they don't like something, but for years when they had the thing they liked, it was somebody else who wasn't satisfied about it. Right. You know, anybody who's ever been in charge of satisfying several hundred people simultaneously is going to know you can't make everyone happy can't make everyone, all and, the time. And, and there's no perfect church. No. And there's and, always going to be something, you, you, you know, you, you leave here and you go down the road, right? The grass is not greener. No. There's, you're, you're trading one issue for another issue. Now they yeah. might have a, a style that suits you better. Right. For now. But, right. but that's the thing is you're going to go through seasons where, like I said, if you can't please everyone all the time, sooner or later, you're going to be the one who's not totally satisfied right. with something. And, and, and so maybe it's a matter of, you know, just persevering. Yeah, ride it out. I mean, uh, you know, and, and uh, changing mentality. Change mentality. Right. So, you know, we, we have a teen uh, worship session now on Sunday nights where we play music for them. It's a little more uh, contemporary rock type music that the teenagers like. It's stuff I wouldn't play on a Sunday morning for the for the congregation as a whole sometimes because I know that they would not like it at all. But even if we did, you know, can the perspective change to look at these young people who are worshiping God yeah. and are excited to do that instead of just saying, I don't like this music? Yeah. I, I would have to suspect that there's going to come a day and in you know, a few years down the road where the musical style is going to change and I'm going to be the person who's like, I don't like this new music. And I hope that I have the correct perspective on that because I know it's easy to get pulled into that negative thinking. Right. And, and it, it is, we're, we're not trying to slam anybody. If music's the only issue you have at a church, yeah, right. Then you your church, church is doing pretty well, yeah. right? Like if you just don't like the style, but everything else is good, you, you know, then, then that's, uh, nitpicking a small percentage, you know, so if that's you, I mean, I'd encourage you just to, uh, just to deal, yeah. you know, to, to have patience and, and maybe even honestly learn to like and love uh, what it is that is being sung. Right. Sometimes, sometimes that's an opportunity for us to grow. So, so another reason, you know, a lot of times it has to do with a lack of a program. Yeah. Right. So all, all churches are going to be able to do only what they can do. Mm -hmm. Right. So we're going to be limited by our size, by our resources and other things. And there's always going to be somebody that does it bigger, better. Yep. That's not bad. It's just the way it is. They have more resources so they can offer more programming. Yeah. They can offer more ministries for uh, specialized ministries. And I've seen people that have left the church because we don't offer what church down the road offers. We don't right. offer it as to the quality uh -huh. or to the breadth that they, that they do. Right. And so, I mean, what would we say to that? Uh, let's say like a kid's program, for example, you know, you've got a family that has a mess of kids and you go to a church, you're trying to select a church. You've just moved into the area. They have no kids program whatsoever. Well, if I was selecting a church, my conversation would be different than if I was already sure a member there. Uh, if I was selecting a church, one of my first things I'd be concerned as a parent about was what is there, are there people, not, I'm not necessarily concerned about program, but are there are there peers that my children can connect to yeah. and grow in Christ with? Uh, that would be something I'd consider. Now, there might not be option, and this is really further down the road. If the choice is between no youth and good doctrine, yeah. choose good doctrine, right? right? And, and so don't go, don't compromise sound doctrine in a church for a church that has all the programming, right? That's a poor, poor exchange. It is. Now, I don't think the choice has to always be there. There are churches, plenty of them, that are doing both. Uh, and and, and now, so if we're choosing a church, that's what we look for. But my, my first response would be, do it where you are. Right. You know, what, what stops you if, you know, you don't like 
that we don't have a program. And, and you know, Matt's wife, Tina, saw a need for a, a clothes closet to minister to, to provide for people in need in our community. And she they didn't leave and go to another church that had it. Right. They started it here. It took work and effort. But that but if we had more people willing to do and start and initiate programs, we could do more. We're limited. You know, I said limited by resources. Part of what we're limited is a lot of people in the church expect the elders and the staff to, yeah, to be the do. ones to initiate all that. Right. And I do think there is an expectation from, from a church leadership standpoint, we would expect our people not to leave for, like you're saying, down the road, they have it, we'll start it where you are. Be the change you want to see in the yeah. church, you know, because we need that. that. That might not always be able to be the case. Right. And uh, I think there are things where, you know, you've got the church down the street has a really substantial food pantry. It would be silly to spend a bunch of resources starting a food pantry at your own church. I think that's I think that's counterproductive, whereas you might support what they're doing down the road. But that doesn't mean you leave the church for that. And, and I don't know that necessarily those are the kinds of programs that people leave well, over. We, we, what we've had, we've had um, we don't have a singles ministry. Right. Or, or we don't have you know something for young adults, like 20 somethings or, or, or whatever else it might be. And, and the church down the road does. And, and I can understand the, uh, the appeal that finding that is on, with people. Yeah. But my, but my advice, if someone came to me and said, I'm thinking about leaving for this other congregation because they have a singles ministry, my advice would be start one, you know, or find somebody who might be willing to do that or, you know, at least make the attempt. Right. I mean, right. if it's really that big of a deal or, to you. Or, or you can be, you know, I don't think there's a rule that you can't be involved in the ministries of another church and still right. be committed to the local church where you are. Well, and also at some point, don't we have to ask the question, are we are we majoring in minors? Why is that so important to you? Yeah. You know, the church in Ephesus didn't have a singles ministry, but they right. grew. You know, like the church in the early days didn't need all these gimmicks and all these little things. Christ doesn't need, you know, these programs to reach people and to change That's people. Right it's one size fits all. The gospel is one size fits all. And I know that I know that we can't be tone deaf in how we approach different people about different things. And those are good programs. I'm not, I'm not bashing any of that stuff. That's great. No, I think you're right. I think we're program heavy. Yeah. I think we've put, we, we, we've got this mindset and this is for church leaders. If you think a program is going to save your church or explode in growth because you start a program, it's it's going to be a mistake. Yeah. And do you know like so we've got the, the group of us who are kind of of an age together and all have kids and we we tend to gravitate to right. one another and hang out with one. We don't have a program that that right. facilitates that. We just do it. Like we spend time with right. each and, other. And if your church to. can program that, that's wonderful. But but I think like if you're looking like down the shopping list, church offers this and this and this and this, we might be putting the emphasis on the wrong syllable. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I don't think that's really a great reason to, to go down the street to another church. And in choosing a church, those might be factors, but, but we weigh factors. Yeah. And that's not priority one, two, or three, as far as I, I would be concerned. No. And we're going to kind of get toward the end to, okay, here are the things that are not negotiable that, right? you know, but we're not there quite yet. So, so what about this, Matt? Someone gets, they have an encounter with somebody, they get mad, they get their feelings hurt, so they leave. I guess I'd have to go back to... It's never happened, of course. <laughs> no, no, that's that's pretty pretty wide stretch there that you're making. So hypothetically, this thing happens. You got to almost go back to Sermon on the Mount, right? If your brother has something against you, yeah. wait to offer your gift to God before you reconcile. How can you go anywhere else and offer your worship to God if you've allowed something to come between you and your brother? You can't. And, and, move, and moving to another church does not eliminate no, that contention. It does not. It doesn't. Um, just just avoiding these. And so if, if you're leaving without 
reconciling that difference or, or attempting to, you know, as far as it depends on you attempting to do that, then your relationship with God is going to be, is going to be complicated by that. And, and then also if you do reconcile, well, then why do you need to leave? Right. And, and some of that has to do, you know, I'm guessing more often than not, that means a dispute with one of the leaders, right? They don't yeah. like something one of us said or right. did, right? We hurt their feelings mm-hmm. and there's multiple layers to this. We're human. Yeah. We, we can be wrong. Uh, I've I've got it wrong with people before, and I need grace right. on on those moments. Uh, and if I hurt someone's feelings, let me know about it. I want to work it out because I want to treat people the right way. Right. Other times it might be well, somebody's being a little bit sensitive, right? Or or or, or, or needed something said to them. You know, there are even just leading ministries. There's going to be times when you know someone's not suited to something. You have to to address an issue where no matter how kind you are, that person is going to have their feelings hurt, and yeah. so. You know, we've seen we've seen people leave over things like that, and that's not really something that you should leave the church over. Right. You you address those issues. You go to the person. You hurt my feelings. Whatever you got to do to reconcile that, because you can't just go down the road. God's not going to be fooled by that. Right. You know, you're worshiping down the street. He forgets there's a there's something between you and your brother. It's not how that works. Yeah, that's and and it sadly it happens a good bit. I, I think there's sometimes where, you know, people perceive us as leaders to be higher representatives of the church, which is absolutely not true. I represent the church I, I, in a technical official way, but not in any more of a way than any member does. We're right. all part of the body. Right. But but there's sometimes where I feel like it's almost like, you know, if you have a bad experience in a, in a restaurant, yeah, you go out to eat and the service is bad and the food is bad and you write a letter to email the company, like, I'm never eating at that restaurant again. And, you know, that might have effect there. Yeah. But like if, so if I hurt someone's feelings, people think ultimately they can punish me. They can affect something by saying, I'm leaving because you yeah. hurt me. And that's leveraging your membership in a way that I don't think is fair. Right. And and then, you know, oftentimes, what do we see happen? They go down the road and once they get down the road, they proceed to eviscerate that other congregation to anyone who will listen. Well, and, and now you're, you know, s- slandering the bride of Christ. I mean, that's dangerous territory yeah. also that you don't want to be in. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, you'll find that there's church hoppers Yeah, and we've got some. Sure. Uh, and we've had some leave and they'll find their way, make their way around from church to church. They just get mad about something. They get their feelings hurt. They leave and go somewhere else. At some point, people might need to consider what the common denominator is. Yeah, and I know that kind of introspection isn't a common thing. And, and I don't know days. if churches, Matt, I don't know, like when, when someone leaves another church and comes here, I, I ideally, we have some responsibility there. I'm not opposed to encouraging somebody to go back and figure it out. Yeah. That's right. And, and and a lot of times we, we really don't, as the church, even do any investigating. There. That's a you difficult know, conversation. That comes from another congregation reaching out to that congregation to say, what happened here? You know, why is this person Can we left? Work it out? Yeah. Or, or, or just frankly telling them, you know, we, we, we love you. We'd really rather you go back to where you came from. And, and at least, at least reconcile with your brother. That's, that's what we ought to encourage them to do. What about, what about this, Matt? When, uh, believe it or not, I've seen t- every now and then someone doesn't like the preaching. There's another preacher down the road that's better. Yeah. Or maybe your preacher's left and you don't care for the replacement, you know? Yeah. That, there'll always be, always be preacher leaves, somebody leaves, or that, you know, the comparison especially will happen when you're not the old guy. Yeah. You're not the guy, you know, the new guy's not the old guy, different style, different personality. Yeah. So there's some different factors there. I think part of it is this consumer mentality that we talked about, you know, like, well, I liked what I was getting from 
this guy, but I don't like what I'm getting now. And so I'm going to go find someplace where I like what I'm being served. Um, and, and then the other part is sometimes people form an unhealthy attachment to the preacher. You know, they're there to follow him more than they're really there to I follow am of Paul. God. I am of Apollos. Right. I am a Cephas. And so when they leave, it's almost like, you know, you mentioned just in that other point that sometimes you think people put you up on a pedestal where you represent the church in a way that's above what other people represent. Yeah. And, and because of that, you know. If, if you left, there might be some of those people who are like, well, I don't, that's not my church anymore because he's gone. And you see this, especially, you know, with, with like, I've seen this in a lot of these large, large churches, you know, where there's this following to the, to the preacher, even into a greater degree. And I've seen times where a preacher leaves and the church that was large yeah. is gone, done. Right. Especially if, especially if it's a result of, there was some kind of contention there and the preacher left on the heels of that, and you're going to have people taking sides, and it can get ugly that way. I've been, uh, I don't know if you, did you ever listen to that Rise and Fall of Mars Hill podcast? I did not. It's no. incredible. Um, and it really talks about church out in uh, Seattle, Mark Driscoll yeah. uh, church. And man, when he, the church was, I don't know how many thousands, tens of thousands of people with satellite campuses. And when things exploded with him and he left, that church that was a major presence in Seattle close their doors. That's incredible. So yeah, I mean that's they, they couldn't they couldn't even endure it uh because it was he was the star. Yeah. And I think that probably verges on idolatry a little bit. You know, if, verges. if, if that's well, right. I mean, I guess maybe I'm being politic. That's idolatry. <laughs> is yeah, that is that, that better? Um you're right. You're right because if they're there for the preacher, they're not there for Christ. And that's, and that might not be the preacher's fault, right? It could be, Correct. but it might not be. Listen, preaching—you know—somebody uh, who's great in the pulpit tends to be dynamic. They tend to have a lot of charisma. They attract people. People like hearing them speak. I mean, that's part of what makes them good at what they're doing. And so, I get—you know—if you have a guy like that leave, and someone else takes over who's much more, you know, sedate and you know, even-tempered, and and they don't engage you the same way the other person did. <clears throat> I understand why people have a struggle with that. I do. It's it's a total adjustment that you have to make. But is it a good reason to go looking for a church with a preacher you like better? Is yeah. that a, is that a good reason? Well, what I've found a lot of times these things are conversations are veiled in spiritual sounding conversation. Yeah. So it's not. I don't. No, not many people are say I don't like the new guy. Some people would. More often than not, it's, well, I just don't feel I'm being fed. Right there. I hear people say things like, "Well, I just." I don't receive from this person oh, or some of these things. Part of the problem is say, if, if, if the only eating you're doing is on Sunday, you've got bigger yeah, problems. Yeah, that's a problem. Right. That's right. It's not the church's job to feed you. Now, it, we, we, we want to feed you. The yeah. elder's job is to make sure that you're, the, the flock is fed and take care. But at some point in time, you got to pick up a fork and eat. Yeah. Well, and it's just like, you know, that old saying you see on church signs about the Bible's food for daily consumption. It's not cake for special occasions. You can't just eat once a week and right. expect to be healthy. Right. So, you know, the question might be, well, I'm not being fed. Well, you're only here every other week. Right. You're not there at the other services or Bible studies or programs that sure. we've had to feed people. And so sometimes, not all the time, there are churches that are not feeding the flock. That's true. But that's an ongoing... There are preachers whose message is weak as dishwater. But in that case, the solution even then, I would say, is not for you to leave the church. That's a leadership issue to get somebody else in the pulpit. You know, I mean... Yeah. And so the solution isn't for you to pick up and leave. Now, you know, we're going to talk later about false teaching. That's a whole other thing. And 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 what, and what I don't want, I guess what I'm trying to encourage is when we, when we want to make a decision to leave the church and go somewhere else, um, 
what I've seen happen, you know, someone will say, well, I'm not being fed there. They don't like the pre... And they go somewhere where they're not being fed, right? So it, it's just an, uh, an exchange of problem. Yeah, so that's true. So, I mean, I, I think you have to look at it as, you know, is the, is the preacher, is he doctrinally sound? Is he a good man? Is, you know, is his character upright? If, if he meets the qualifications, I don't think it's a good reason to go down the road because you like someone else's style a little better. I because, mean, that's my opinion. Well, here's what will happen, uh, you know, you leave here and you go somewhere else. It'll just be a matter of time till somewhere else doesn't suit you anymore. Sure. And and I think we have to identify that there's a problem with that. Some folks would say, okay, then I'll move again. You know, like they, they don't see an Not issue with issue. that. And, but there is, there and if is you're going to, and if you're going to leave, man, get connected, get involved, serve. Don't, don't use that as an opportunity to be a wallflower yeah. in the, in the church. Yeah, that's right. You know, so at the end of the day, your spiritual well-being matters, and you know it's not—it's not all about our congregation. You know, I'm—if someone wants to go somewhere else, and they're my brother, sister, you know, they—I I want them to grow spiritually, and uh, if they can do that somewhere else, then 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 I, I hope they're doing that. So all the people that have ever left, wherever I've been, made them mad, upset them, they didn't like what we were doing. Yeah, I hope I hope they go somewhere else that is sound, where they're serving, where they're involved, where they're growing, that they're not just running from a problem. Right. And as, as someone who, you know, teaches and preaches, man, I wish, I wish somebody would, listen, I don't think that we should come and air every little petty complaint to somebody. And I know as preachers, you know, you're going to have people like, I don't care much for that sermon. And you're like, well, thanks for that. You know, take that for what it's worth. But if I'm routinely not feeding the people that I am preaching and teaching to, I want to know that. I don't want you to just quietly leave and go somewhere else. I want to repent. You know, if, if I'm really doing something wrong, right. I, want to, I want to make that adjustment. Now, if I'm not doing something wrong and it's just that you don't care for my style, that's, that's okay. Let's agree to disagree. But if you really think that what they're doing from the pulpit is wrong and they're, and they're failing the church, as a brother to a brother, you have a responsibility to go to them, I think. You know, we were we were talking uh, before we came on, you know, about the uh, other side about that about when a preacher decides to leave a, a, a church, uh, and I, I think I made the comment. I think a lot of people leave too soon. Yeah, um, I think there's a lot of church members that leave too soon. Right, they leave before the they get the bigger blessing. They leave before a period that they could be growth. Right. For them and for the, that they could be a part of with the, with the local church. If we had back some of the people that have left uh, and they were engaged, plugged in, problems dealt with, uh, everything else, then I, I believe there had been uh, some really good seasons that would have come uh, if, if they would have had some stick to Yeah, I think that's true for the church. And I think that's true for the person, you know, to, maybe to continue this sort of illustration about a marriage Anybody who's been married a few years, you've gone through some rough stuff with your spouse. And if you had just left, well, it would be over. But you think of the strength that comes from going through something difficult together and then coming through that and coming out the other side, there's a deepening of that relationship. Yeah. There's a growing that you each do. And and so we're robbing ourselves of that spiritual blessing by just leaving when something we don't like happens. Yep. And we're robbing the body of some good, strong, spiritually mature Christian people. And I, I think that. that's the biblical point, yeah. Matt, is that when you place yourself in a local congregation, you become a part of that body. Yeah. 
And you can't just lop off sections of the body yeah. and, and the body not be hurt. That's right. So, you know, when you're making a decision, you're frustrated, you know, someone's listening, you're frustrated at Lake Mount, you're frustrated at another church, you're thinking about leaving. And, and, and we'll point out here in a minute, there are, there are times where that might be necessary. Yeah. But you are going to hurt the body. Sure. Because you're a part of this body. And, and again, if, if, if you could leave the church and nobody even realizes it for a month, oh, they're gone. Oh, I guess I haven't seen them. If you don't leave a hole, you're not involved enough. I mean, there, you should. It should make a difference when you leave the congregation. Yeah. Um, and so, again, if, if you're not going to hurt the body by leaving, that's a whole other conversation. Yeah, absolutely. Now, that's not an exhaustive list. Sure. There are other reasons I've seen people leave. But- I think the one that actually we probably should mention that we didn't is, you know, when, sometimes when we address a sin— Okay. With someone. And, and rather than repent, they just get angry and yeah. leave. And, and, and like we said, you know, we've said before, going down the street isn't repenting. That's not, that's not repenting. No. And, and when we are a member of the church, we submit to that leadership. And so when they, when they rightfully bring church discipline, our responsibility is not to just go down the street. There was a reason Paul told them in Corinth to set that guy out the fellowship. If, if he could have just gone down the road, you know, what, what good would that have done? He would and, never probably have repented. And, and, and that becomes that a problem in. for that wherever they go as well, you know, that they just accepted that. Well, right. Knowingly or unknowingly accepted uh, that person into their fold. There might have been a legit correction, discipline uh, that was taking place that yeah. uh, they didn't want to deal with. Yeah. And, and, and where they've gone, either either they just don't know, and it allows that person to sort of hide, or they don't care at that church. And then so that opens some other questions about that that church. Like, why, why are you permitting that if you know all yeah. about it? And we see in Corinth, that guy they set out, he didn't have another option. And so what was the result? You know, the, that withdrawing of fellowship, even if it goes to that extreme is so that you'll repent because you yeah. don't have that fellowship and you miss it. If you can just go down and get it somewhere else. But, but again, that's not repentance and God's not fooled. You know, those people yeah. might not know, but God knows still. And the, and the point of that church discipline is so that you'll be restored. Yeah, absolutely. And, th- and that makes... The, this whole the whole thing, you know, we mentioned the consumer mentality, but we do have a, a church on every corner that offers doctrinally whatever. You can find a church that believes what you want to believe, teaches what you want to teach, offers what you want to offer, has the style you want to have. Uh, and that makes it very much like shopping. And also, you know, in our culture, it's, it's this very prideful, don't judge me sort of, you know, nobody thinks that anybody should ever say anything to them that, that something they do is wrong. And we no, and we even have that attitude in, in the church. A lot of times people get prickly when, when anyone calls yeah. them out about something. And, and that's our responsibility to each other as yeah. fellow Christians is to point out, Hey, I'm concerned about, you Now we don't have to be jerks about it or right. hypocrites about it, but you know, so often you call someone out, they're convicted and then and you all, you know, more often see anger and backlash and, and leaving than, than almost you see someone come up the aisle on a Sunday morning anymore. Yeah, I can't tell you if I've ever seen that, ever seen somebody come up the aisle on a Sunday morning and repent publicly of something. I know it's happened, you know, it's happened at our church. I wasn't here at the time, but I mean, I've never in my Christian life, I've never seen that. Yeah. I think that's something that's been lost uh, in our time. Yeah. So why, if you're a member of a church, and we said there's some legit reasons yeah. that you might say, I'm out. Yes. You know, what might those reasons be? Number one's false doctrine being yeah. preached, you know, from the pulpit in the classrooms, you know, whatever. Um, and I do think you address it. You know, you, you, you go to the leadership, you point it out. Hey, this is not correct. You show them in scripture where it's not correct. But at some point, 
they're not willing to make that correction and, and repent of that, you can't stay there. Right. Or, or, or if you're attending a church and, and it's the, it's not just the local church, it's the hierarchy. Right. And there's some major issues, you know, and you're finding that what's being taught is not consistent with scripture. Find a church that's consistent with scripture. Yeah. If it's not a Bible teaching, Bible believing church, find one. Yeah. And, th- and that that is definitely number one on the list, and that is a good reason to leave and and, and seek seek something else out. Right. And and I've even known people who we've talked about moving to a new area. Let's say you move somewhere, there is no church that's biblically correct. You know what do you do? I know people who will go to some denominational church, whatever. Who they don't really believe everything they say, but they think it's better than not going to church. I don't think I agree with that. I don't have uh, any idea what I would do. Um, you know, and and we've we've been on vacation before, yeah. and tried to find somewhere to to worship, and had, uh, had and had a hard time finding because it was remote or whatever else. Yeah, and we've done uh, more often than not, we found somewhere, we drove a little ways, and maybe some of the answer would be would be something like that. Yeah. Maybe it is inconvenient, but you go yeah. a little bit further than you want. Maybe and, it's not the closest church. And now we've got so many options to to join online with different things, and that's not a replacement for being a part of the body, but it, it is something that can help you through a difficult short-term right. thing like that. And then I guess maybe the ideal thing would be, even though it's difficult, is to start sharing the gospel with some people, right. even if you have to start a home church, you know, like something. But but yeah, we can't just stay in a church that's that's leading people astray. Right. You know, if, it, something if, we can... if we believe that what's being taught is heretical, that it is endangering people's eternal soul. Right. And, and, and so there are things, you know, like if, the, if someone's teaching something that we don't think is biblically accurate, but it's some peripheral thing. Right. If it's an in time, if someone disagrees about in times view. Right. You know, if, if it's something peripheral, that's not a big, it's not a salvation issue. It's not, a, it's not a critical issue. Yeah, I think you have if to. If somebody's mistaking on the essentials. Yeah. If it can't be corrected, if it can't be untaught, it might be time to find somewhere else. Yeah. I think that's, so that's number one on the list. So what's another good reason? I, I think tolerance of sin. Uh, yeah. A, 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 like a, institutionalized tolerance of sin. Right. Uh, if the church is not addressing sin in the camp, if they're moving lines and boundaries that God put in place, then then that's a danger. Right. And, and we're talking about an ongoing sort of systemic issue in the church. We're not talking about, I know for a fact, so-and-so is doing this and no one has addressed it. That's not what we mean by that. We mean they're openly tolerating sin that everyone knows about you right. know, and, and you can point out multiple instances of that. And it's really a problem, you know, when, again, to bring up Corinth and that guy that they had to to put out of the church, Paul didn't just rip that guy. He ripped the congregation for tolerating it. Right. And, and so we have a responsibility not to do that. And a lot of times a member might not know what's going on behind the scenes. Right. So, you know, if someone came, why are you tolerating and allowing this person, they're doing this. Well, we might be working on that behind the scenes. Yeah. We might have spoken to them. And and, and so I, I've heard numerous times people get upset because they didn't have the information. Right. But but we're talking about a flippant attitude yes. towards sin and wrongdoing. We're talking about a church that might be more concerned about a butt in the pew than they are right. the, the, the character, and they just don't want to disrupt right. what, what's going on. We're talking about a church that's not drawing the lines the right way. Yeah, where the Bible where the Bible says they are. And and that goes hand in hand with, you, know, you mentioned moving lines, and that's a part of the false teaching. Some, yeah. some churches have, a, have adjusted biblical doctrine to accommodate modern sensibilities in, in ways that, that matter. I mean, it, we don't have the authority to do that. 
What about if there's a church? Say you're say you're at a church and there's no evangelistic focus, right? Say you're say you're at a church that is shrinking, dying even, and there's no hope of repair. Right? You know, you've not you've the writings not brought on the someone wall. to Christ in however long it's been, probably well, years. We've seen lots and lots of churches that are small churches, decaying churches that you just give it time and they're going to be dead. Right. Uh, when do you abandon that ship? You know, it, when when you're down to five, six people and there's n- there's no intention of repairing. Right. Do you sell out? Do you, when, when do you make that call? I think that's an important question. I mean, we've seen examples of that, but at the point where the church is not functioning as the body, you know, the whole purpose of the church is to bring people to Christ. And if, if your church has ceased to do that at all, and there's no hope of, of writing that, that course, I think at that point, yeah, it's, it's maybe time to, I, to move down the road. I wish some of these churches would merge Right. You know, just say, hey, we don't have the resources. There's no path forward. There's no path forward. We've already damaged our reputation, the community. Let's join another church. Right. And, you know, I mean, I've, I've attended a church at, at one point when I was younger, who I mentioned where we attended and, and someone said, I thought they closed their doors years ago. <laughs> so that's not a good thing. And, and when if you've reached that point, and maybe, maybe the correct course is before you leave, try to sway them in that direction. Hey, be, we, we just don't have the resources. Let's we, or, join this other congregation. You know, and, and obviously, you know, a church can become evangelistic. Yeah. I, I don't believe they're stuck in, in, in that. No. And there uh, are small churches that have revivals, and but there are also some very small churches who, you know, their membership is, is getting older they're, and they're not, they're, they're not interested in. Nor are they willing to. Changing you know, something. You know, so if they, you know, may, and maybe, maybe there's very few people in, in those circumstances that are discontent. Right. You know, maybe they're very content in their church of 10 that's on its way out. I'm not against small church. No. There are churches that are not growing. It's not because they're doing something wrong. Uh, it's just because they're not growing. Right. Right. Um, and, and, and that might be the case. Stick it out. Love on one another. Care for one another. Minister to one another. Right. Teach one another. But I believe as we're growing as Christians, as we're teaching and admonishing one another, we're at least going to be striving for evangelism and personal and and, and and that will lead to right. uh, growth. Not and just and where can you serve best? I mean, where can you make the best impact for the kingdom? And, and I think in a lot of cases, if if some of these, like you said, if it's a case of a dying church, if they join another congregation, that can be someplace where they can serve more effectively. Yeah, and I've seen churches do that, and that's a wonderful story. You know, sure. you, hear, you hear stories of church splits uh, way too often. I'd love to hear more stories of of churches. Uh, uniting. Yeah, coming together. That's right. So do we have any others on the list that we decided would be a good reason? Well, you know, I man, we thought about this and, and, and there might be circumstances. The only other thing I can think of might be a, a situation where there's some blatant sin yeah, and, and their reputation's been ruined in that church. Them being there would be a disruption, right? Uh, yeah. Uh, it would be, they would be um, a problem for the health of the body. Right. And maybe it's best for them to go somewhere else if there's another option. Right. Obviously, forgiveness and reconciliation is always the goal, always right. the ideal. Right. But you know, say there is an adulterous situation and there's repentance and party A and party B with their spouses still want to attend, yeah. that might not be able to happen. Right. And and maybe it can, and that's wonderful. But if there's if it's going to cause ongoing hurt, I mean, to the individuals or to the body, yeah, there probably has to be a yeah, conversation a, there. We had a guy in church I served, and he was treasurer, and he he and his wife, his wife, I believe, had 
stolen thousands and thousands of dollars from yeah. the church. There was repentance, but they left the church. Uh, they left the church. And then I, I believe the kind of story was his wife died and he came back because I think she must have been the source of it. And he understood that. I understood what we're talking about, that their reputation was damaged beyond repair. Right. They needed healing. The church needed healing from them. Uh, and so that was probably the right thing at the right time. Yeah. So, so what I'm kind of getting, you know, as we are closing this discussion out is, there seem like a lot more bad reasons to leave a church than there are good reasons to yeah. leave a church. And, yeah. and maybe that maybe that is hedged on the fact that we're leaders in the church and we don't want people to leave Yeah, because it hurts what we're trying to do. But that's the point. When you leave a church, it hurts the church because we, you know, the leadership loves and cares for their people. You know, we've been in meetings, Yeah, you know, where we've seen elders agonize, be concerned uh, for for members. And when you leave a church, you, you might put a bandaid on your problem, but it's not fixing the problem and it's creating a problem where you leave. Right. Again, there are some reasons why you would want to do that. And, and there are other things we didn't even get into, you know, things where you're not even so much leaving the church as being sent out, you know, to help plan a new church or yeah, that's to take a, a position somewhere else in ministry. That's, that's awesome. We love to see those sorts of things. But I, I think that going forward, just if you're listening to this, just something for you to think about. You know, if you find yourself in one of those positions where you're your eye in the church down the street, ask yourself why. And if it's something that's better addressed where you are, or if you really do have like a, a biblical reason to to leave where you are and go somewhere else and ask yourself what the impact of that is going to be. Yeah. Because I think that has to be a part of the decision. I don't, at, at any case, I don't think it's something that we should do lightly. Because it's not something that just doesn't matter. It does matter. It does matter. It matters because you've you established yourself somewhere, right? And 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 and, and people love you and care about you. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the problems can, that I've seen can be fixed and dealt with that people yeah. have left over. Yeah, there's an idea that I've heard people talk about. You know, where we might get to heaven someday and see all the people who were there because of us in some form and be surprised by, you know, how many of them there might be, or that you didn't even realize you had an impact on someone that you had an impact on. And if that's true, I think it's probably hard to measure what the impact is going to be of us leaving the body. You know, it might hurt people in ways we didn't realize. It might leave voids we didn't think we were going to leave behind. And so definitely something to consider prayerfully. And, and all that glitters is not gold. True. Yeah. You, you, you know, when you, when, you, when you look down the road, church that has it going on, there's certainly one, you know, nothing wrong with glitter besides, you know, it's annoying, <laughs> but nothing, you know, there are churches that are doing great things that have the glitz and the glamour. That's what I'm saying. They're doing great things. They're, they're not compromising. It doesn't have to equate that. It's not, I'm not like just, it's not sour grapes. I'm just saying every church has problems. Every church has issues. There's no such thing as a perfect church. And if you find it, don't go there because it won't be a perfect church anymore. Yeah, right. So we, we hope this kind of gave you something to think about. You know, as always, if you have like a different opinion, please comment wherever yeah. you're listening. I mean, you can find the podcast at our website at lakemountchurchofchrist.org, along with lots of other sermons and messages. Uh, you can find us on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Uh, I think we're on Amazon, Audible now. So wherever it is that you're listening, please like, subscribe, comment. We'd love to hear back from you. Um, Thanks so much for joining us today and listening, and we will see you all in a couple of weeks.